Praise God. Last week, I started a lesson, and I rushed through the end of the slides, and I don't, I had more, I did not have them all listed, and I have a whole lot tonight, and I will try not to bog down and overwhelm you and I I know it's a little philosophical if you will and it is uh, the Bible sort of alludes to a place in God and writers talk about that place and probably one of the earliest writings would have been where Moses was in the cleft of the rock and he asked to be in that place and the Lord said I will put you in this cleft and then the Lord basically um, made the statement that my glory shall pass by you will experience my glory you won't see my face but you will experience my glory and then um, if you uh, continued reading there in that 33rd chapter he, he basically talks about um, <clears throat> I will uh, actually before and we talked about it, what all had happened uh, that made Moses willing to go to that place but in the um, the 2017th through the 20th verses um, he basically says I'm going to put you in this cleft of this rock and you, my glory I will proclaim the name of the Lord and then he uses this phrase I will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy and upon whom I will show mercy and you cannot see my face. So you see some elements of reaching this place that you see the graciousness of God. You feel the mercy of God. You hear the name of God. And you see or feel the glory of God. And I understand people will <coughs> say, you know, you can call it in the zone. You can call it, I reached a place where I just felt the graciousness, the kindness, the overwhelming mercy and love of Almighty God. I felt that sense of the uh, being surrounded by the rock and covered by and feeling the glory. And so when you read, Paul talked about even having suffered the loss of all things and we made, uh, and yet I want to be made conformable or I, I am going to be made like unto his death. And, and he mentioned that in Philippians and it was a place of joy. And I read that verse last week where Paul 
to the church in, in Philippians and wrote that from jail. And then in Romans, he also mentioned about this joy, this sense of that joy at the will of God, helpers of joy, the blessings and joy that he, he wrote. And, and then Paul got, if you will, way out there when he said, I will glory in my infirmities. I will not glory in my revelations. I will not glory in things that have happened to me in the flesh. Uh, those don't make me feel so awesome. Uh, you know, wow. I, and, and I know for those of you who know the history of Paul, um, you know that at one point he preached in the Colosseum and um, he writes about it to Timothy how that he was there and they let the lions out and God stopped the mouth of the lions that I've never actually been there uh, imagine that imagine and, and he said, nobody stood with me, but the Lord stood with me. And he shut the mouth of the lions. Paul told Timothy about that. That would be, that would be something that I would glory in. Hey, you know, let me tell you about the day I walked into the Colosseum to be eaten alive. And, and you know, they didn't eat me. I mean, that would be something that I would think, you know, wow. Let me tell you the story. You know, it's kind of like, let me tell you what happened to me. Uh, that would be a testimony. But Paul was saying, you know, I, I glory in my tribulations because uh, that when I am weak, then I am strong. That I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessity. Wow. And he says later in that 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians, I am become a fool in glory. Now he was not talking about that sense of glorying in something that he had done. You know, it's not, he is not suggesting that we glory. Well, let me tell you, I preached uh, and 10,000 got the Holy Ghost. I preached and the dead were raised. Let me tell you, I prayed for somebody and they, uh, they were dead and they got up from a cold slab. That would be something I would glory in. That would be something I would want to tell everybody. And yet Paul, who had a lot of those experiences, talks about just glorying in the presence of God. Reaching that place of being able to glory. And then, of course, uh, you know, when we are able to love like Christ loved and love your enemies and be merciful, you can't do that without getting in the place. It's hard enough, and I made that statement, it's hard enough to love people you're supposed to love. It's hard enough to forget we're not enemies and to forget, you know, I, I'm supposed to be an encourager of you. It's hard enough to do that, but to do it to an enemy. 
I know we can be nice, we can be civil to people. I can smile and say thank you and whatever. But to genuinely love people that have done you wrong, that's hard. But you can't do it without receiving some of the love of God. And that's why we, we, we realize in this hour that we are living in that if there was ever a time that we have to stay, whether you want to call it full of the Holy Ghost, in the zone, prayed up, under the blood, whatever terminology you want to say, you know, uh, it's this hour. In fact, I know old timers that would you know, would say things, you know, like, and, and it was their answer, and you felt like it was the answer to everything, but, but uh, you know, if, if a young couple were supposed to be in the church living for God, and they were fighting and fussing, you know, they'd say, you need to pray through. Plead the blood, pray through. Well, what were they saying? And, and now, you know, we do counseling and I'll be glad to counsel with people. And that's good and that is helpful and it's helpful to learn, uh, you know, tricks and ways to communicate better and skills. And there's nothing wrong with counseling. But my point in all that is there is a place of being in the zone where the love of God is able to flow through you where you both can feel that because it's impossible to give that love and, and be that way without having a source of love. And we know, what does the Bible say? What is the source of love? God is, is love. And, and yet, you know, I, I, I can say, well, I want my wife to love me. I want my husband to love me. And that only goes so far. And, you know... I have to have a place. Uh, and so when I give him glory and honor, etc., etc. And so we, we got down here uh, talking in Psalms. In thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. At thy right hand. I'm stressed. I don't like this. I don't like that. This is going wrong. That's got a problem. This is an issue. This, at some point, you've got to get in the presence of God. And, you know, because in his presence is this fullness of joy. And I, I, I read to you about Martha and, and Mary and, of course, Lazarus and, and that very sense of having the dinner. And Martha was careful and troubled about many things and yet, and we find that Jesus told her, says, Mary, just wanting to be in my presence, has actually chosen the best. Now you say, does that mean that I should never cook food? Does that mean that I should never have anybody over my house? No. That, does that mean I should never? No. But there is a point at which you have to make a decision about, you know, and, and I, have, I have cautioned people that, you know, I'm going to work for God, and that's great. And working for God is wonderful, but make sure you have time for God. 
Make sure you have time to be in the presence of God. It's not enough for me just to say, okay, well, I'm going to study, I'm going to work, I'm going to invite, I'm going to teach Bible studies, I'm going to do all these things, but I have to have a time to also get in the presence of the Lord. It's not enough for me just to tell you, you need to get in the presence of the Lord. I have to get in the presence of the Lord. You say, well, you know, and, and that's, I, I know at times, you know, folks that say, well, you know, I, I and that's where Martha and Mary, and that she was doing everything she could for Jesus, and yet at some point there is that sense of just finding a place to be at his feet, and you can do that through a lot of different ways. One way is prayer, and we mentioned that last week. We hurried through these slides, but I was talking to you about a place of prayer, and that sense of, and I could, what's amazing to me, and I, I know, um, unfortunately, I've lived long enough to see science actually more and more and more prove Scripture. Science that we didn't even realize. You know, uh, that, you know, you'll, they'll have a study where people that prayed for people in the hospital, the number of them that got better, and they have these long studies, and they go, you know, here were people that got prayed for, and here were people that didn't get prayed for. Here were people that were, had, were praying for themselves and had people coming and praying for them. And, here, and the statistics on healing and better and rest and all these kinds of things that, you know, you read them and it's the study from the University of Wisconsin or Michigan or the study of Pennsylvania and University. And it's like they're, they're amazed, you know. They were doing their best to prove that there was nothing to it. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, they find out, well, it, it's, it's actually factual. And so, you know, they did that with a study about speaking in tongues. And, and I've I brought you the research, and it's been several years now. But uh, in, in the sense that when I was a young man in college, it was that, that research hadn't been done yet. And so... It talks about the Spirit literally making intercession, entering into that rest that the Old Testament talks about in Isaiah. And that sense of in prayer and getting in agreement. And you say, well, I don't have to pray through to talk in tongues. I don't have to plead the blood. I don't have to do that. There's something that happens when I do that, that I get my spirit in line with the Lord. I open the door. You see, my will, this is the one door the Lord will not violate. Bible says, I stand at the door and... Now, He's able to walk through that door. He can, he can blow out that door. He can just say, bam, I'm coming in. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you... I'm God. Boom. I'm going to knock you out. When you wake up, you're going to wish you would have been praying. Uh-uh. He is, he refuses. He, he is willing to restrain himself. He says, you have to say, Lord, I want you. I want to invite you. I want you a part of my life. 
I have tried to do my own thing long enough that I need help. I can tell you what doing for me is done and I, I realize now I need this. And that's, that's an important point that it all of a sudden it knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. And how do you know what's in the mind of the Spirit? By praying through, getting in that place, getting in that zone, getting in that place. Now, what's amazing to me is we will, I, I'm preaching like this and I know it's online and I know you all here believe me and probably all those that are watching believe me, but what's amazing is that, you know, there are those that would say how stupid this is, but yet then they will say, you need to get a crystal or you need to line up your furniture in feng shui or feng shui or huh? And you need to chant and put your, get in the lotus position and hold your fingers like this and then play. In fact, you know, they, they have these, these tuners I don't know if you've ever seen that, you know, where they ding and, you know, they put it on your head and you go, mm, you got to hum with the C-236 that, that, and get in the zone. And what do y'all do at church? They're trying to do it without submitting to God. They're trying to get folks to do it, but do it according to my will. You know, and uh, several years ago, uh, uh, Sister Nancy Granquist asked my wife, and she had, of course, written Alabaster Box and other songs, many songs she's written, and, and so Sister uh, uh, Nancy Granquist said, I want to meet you and we need to go and just get away at a retreat center. They found, she had found, of course she lives in California, and we need to get away for a few days and write songs together. And so, you know, they, they went and the people there were, you know, like were coming in and said, smell this, this is essence of dirt. And this is essence of water. And get yourself. And, it, and, and my wife said those two got tickled at all of that was going on. She said, we didn't get one song written. We, we spent two days laughing at what all was going on. I don't even know where in California you can ask her. I don't know where it was even. But, or Arizona or whatever they met. But it was, we're going we're gonna, to, and I'm thinking... This is crazy. You know, why would people do that? Because they're trying to get in a zone, trying to get themselves aligned with the stars, with the planets, with their chi, with their whatever they believe. I'm here to tell you, spiritually, that's all counterfeit to what God has. Does God want you in line with Him? Absolutely. Does God want us in the place with Him? Absolutely. And it's not through meditation, but prayer, 
by praying through in the Spirit does help get you in line with the Spirit of God. Another time and, and another thing, and this is why Paul was saying, I glory in my tribulations. I glory in, my, in those things. Why? Because what he was saying is when I am at my weakness, then I have to rely on God. So another thing that can get you headed to the place is when you've been pummeled and you're in darkness and when you can't figure a way out and when you don't know where else to, where else to turn. That's why they call it foxhole religion. Because I, I can't call an airstrike. I don't know what, oh God help me. That, will, that could bring you into a place with God. It doesn't mean that the Lord is trying to punish people. Well, this one's sick. He's dry. But David even said, and you will notice there in Psalm, he said, the sorrows of hell compassed me. He said, I had floods of ungodly men that made me afraid. In my distress, I called on the Lord and he made his, made darkness. What did he say? A secret place. And so in the midst of an overwhelming burden, in the midst of an overwhelming valley, overwhelming shadow, it's amazing. You can find a place in God in that. That's why Paul would say, I glory in my infirmities. It wasn't that he was on spiritual Prozac and was nuts. But he was saying, when I am my weakest, I have to just say, I rest on you, Lord. I can't go anymore. I don't have the answer. I, can't, I don't know what else to pray. I don't know what else to do. Huh? I don't have the strength. I, Lord, I don't know if I should pray. Kill me now. Take me home. I, 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 I can't see my hand. I don't know. Should I turn left, right, up, down? I don't know. But guess what? The Lord can meet you there. In that secret place, all of a sudden, it can be in the midst of the darkness. An another place, a way that you can, and I, I mentioned this last Wednesday just real quickly, but when you are, when you are pursuing God, you know, and not just in prayer, but if you make up your mind, I, I want, I want to know, Lord, what I need to do. I want, I want to, I want to find God. I want God, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to, and, and so then I'm going to wake up in the morning and before I get started, I'm going to play a song or two and I'm going to say a word of prayer and I'm going to pursue God. When you start pursuing God, you, guess what? You cannot outgive God. If you give to Him, your fear, you give to him your day, what's he going to do? He will return it. He will give you your, you say, well, but I'm, I'm anxious and I don't know which way to go. That's why the Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And basically, 
It was that sense of saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And so I need you to align yourself with me. And, and then, of course, uh, another way of, of pressing your way, if you will, into that place of zone or into the place of glory and the presence of God and the graciousness of God is, is in that very sense of, of serving, of being connected. And I, this is why we talk about building a bridge and reaching out and, and we're going to, you know, reaching out for Easter and a couple weeks after that we're going to try to invite people to church and serving the body and doing something. Why? In that sense of I want to stay connected. I want to abide in Him and, and I want to bring forth fruit. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear fruit. Well, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, all those things. And you say, well, I want to, I want to bear that. Well, he said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. You shall. These things he said, I spake unto you, I read it in John the 15th chapter, that your, my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And so there is a joy in serving. And I, I realize that there is a joy in helping others, a joy in serving. And people can find a joy in that. And yet, I, I, you know, you can say, well, I'm going to uh, <clears throat> work on a soup kitchen line or whatever. And there's a, 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 a it, it feels good. It feels like all of a sudden I'm helping someone less fortunate. I'm serving. And it brings you into a place where you begin to feel good about <clears throat> the, you know, the, what the Lord uh, is doing it. For, through you and abiding in you and you're able to share the love of God. Now, I understand that can be in the natural. And so, you know, I can volunteer to, to uh, be in the Red Cross or I can volunteer to be at the hospital and uh, whatever and I'll feel better about all of that. And I'm not saying that that's bad or wrong or should not be done. But what I'm here to tell you is that's not the only way to get into the zone. Some people, you know, it's like, well, I'll go do that once a year. I'll, you know, I'll pass out Thanksgiving turkeys and man, I feel good for the rest of the year. Guess what? And I know, we, you know, we've had politicians and whatever, you know, and that, I'm going to go and make sandwiches one day. That's a good thing. And they can feel good about it. And I'm glad they do it. But there is a place that is not just serving, but serving God. That I want to obey Him. And, you know, people can say, well, you know, I, I'm... And I, I know we've talked about all of that before, meaning that at times, you know, people will say, well, Jesus fed the 5,000 and that's, he did, but they listened to his teaching all day. And, and I understand that. But Paul considered himself a bond slave. He said, I am a servant to God. You can try to, this is the same as chanting or getting in your chi or 
sitting and, you know, and smelling the essence of earth or aligning your plan, ding, you know, the bell and aligning. You can try to do it by just giving the Red Cross or you can say, you know what's better than me serving Red Cross meals once a year, three times a year? There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what's the best thing for me to do? Is to serve. Will I be his bond slave? Will I get up every morning and say, Lord, I'm here to serve you. I go to my job knowing that this is my service to God. Man, I'm thankful I can work. I'm thankful I can serve you, Lord. You say, well, how do I serve God? You know, riding on the back of a garbage truck. I say, Lord, I'm doing that so I can pay missions. I can give in the offering. I'm, I don't know, whatever. I'll meet somebody that I can encourage, invite to church. I want everything I do to be run, as Paul said, as a service to Almighty God. Now, that's, a, that's actually doing it from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, are some of these things, uh, you know, um, as I said, and, and this, I didn't show you this slide last week, but as I said, science is catching up to the Bible because all the way back in Deuteronomy, it says, the Lord told, had Moses preach an illustrated sermon. And he said, I'm going to set you on two mountains, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. One of you over here are going to be on the mountain of cursing, and you over here are going to be on the mountain of blessing. And he says, choose which mountain you want to be on. Choose, you want to be on a bless, or you want to be on a curse. You want your life blessed by God, or do you want it always you're pushing a rock up a hill. And he then says, choose life. Now, why did I say that? It's because over and over and over, the Bible tells us that we get to make choices. So when somebody tells me, well, you don't know how I was raised. You don't know what I was done. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what, I, what I've been through. You don't know my genetic DNA, my genetic predisposition. All my family have had whatever, and I'm genetically predispositioned to have. Okay, I want to tell you something. I, I'm, I'm willing to hear you, that, but if you tell me that nothing can change that, then there is no such thing as PTSD. Epigenetics, neuroplasticity. These are some of the new neurological terms that they've come out with in the last few years because they used to say your brain stops growing at age whatever and that's it. It's dying from then on. Now they're going Wow, we can take some pictures of the brain before we couldn't do that. And we're seeing that the myelar sheaths are regenerating and things can happen to the brain. And all of a sudden, new lights can show up. And where it wasn't, now it can be. And so there... And we go... Reactions, you know, 
and you've had stressful events and people that have been abused and mistreated and we go, wow, they've got these stressors, post-traumatic stress disorder, guys go into the war, come out, they're changed. And we've had people say, they're changed. They're different than when they went in. Okay, if you can change it, Can it change this way only? I don't believe that. I believe it can also change this way. That's why the Lord said, you get to choose. You want to live under a curse? Or you want to live a life of blessing? And I know our nation is horrified at the recent tragic events. And I know Boulder and I've been there and horrible and all of that. And yet, just a little bit that I've read, I'm not making a political statement, but he was a kid that was basically picked on and made fun of and all this. And... Huh? Now I'm going to get my vengeance. Not even on people that he knew whether they had ever said anything or not. He made some choices. Now you can say, man, it's terrible. I agree. Horrible. Yes, I agree. But guess what? There have been other people picked on, made fun of, done. At some point you have to choose life. You have to say, I want to, I know... I can't change my brain, but when I get my thoughts lined up with his thoughts, when I enter into his rest, oh, as I begin to pray through, I believe that the Lord can begin to heal the synapse and the dendrites and the, you know, all the little stuff that's going on in the fire. You say, oh, pastor, what are you saying? It, it, it's got to be that way. Or you would say, why could Paul say, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be ye thankful. What does he mean? If we can't let the peace of God rule us, well, I, I would be able to do that, but you don't know what I've been through. No, he didn't say, as long as you've had a good life and things have been wonderful, then you can have the peace. No. As a matter of fact, he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? The mind. Well, how do you get into my... That's when I get my thought, I get into that zone. And I say, Lord, let me feel, let me know your word. Let me get your word into my mind, into my heart. I don't want, it's not going to be what I want, what I need. Oh, I need this, I need that. I need everybody to be nice to me. I need everybody to be kind to me. Let me tell you what I need. I need the presence of God today. Nobody may be nice, but if the Lord... That's why Paul would say, I went before the lion and nobody stood with me but the Lord. I've never had to face lions like that. 
I faced a few angry beasts, but You say, well, Pastor, I can't do it. I can't either unless I get in the zone, the place, whatever you want to call it. Paul, the third chapter, and I, I, I'm going to go fast because Paul was in jail. And he, the second chapter is wonderful. He talks all about things that he had been through. And in Ephesians, the third chapter, and there are the verses. And you can follow right along. He basically says, <clears throat> he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. The prisoner of Jesus Christ. He was a prisoner of Rome. But you know how he... You know how he reframed it? That's, that's putting a whole mind spin on this. He said, I'm not here because of some Roman soldier. I'm here because of Jesus Christ. Wow. He didn't say, oh God. I mean, I, my letter would have been, pray church. Pray. They've thrown me in jail. I was trying to preach, do good. I was trying to preach the gospel. For the love of the Lord, please hold an all-night prayer meeting. Simon Peter got let out. I, I don't want to be here. I don't like it. I'm in a hole in the ground. But Paul didn't say that. He wasn't even focused on God changing my his condition. He said... I know what my position is. You say, well, your condition is bad. You've got a bad condition. You've got a bad diagnosis. You've got a bad condition. Yes, but my condition doesn't impact my position in Jesus. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, and... I put here Acts the ninth chapter, and for those I know, I'm on a Wednesday night, and you guys understood this and read it. And uh, brother, sister Kay's son Greg is here, but uh, uh, Greg Mills, that, that's a, he's a miracle. We ought to give him a hand. That's awesome. He may not, but the rest of you have been here. You know these Bible stories. But Acts the ninth chapter, when, when, the, when the light hit Paul and knocked him to the ground off that donkey, you remember, it's in Acts the ninth chapter. The Bible says he got up and could hardly stand up. He was trembling and said, Who art thou, Lord? I mean, a light, if all of a sudden a light just, bam, knocked you off your animal onto the ground and bright, you heard this voice? You know, you don't walk around and basically the Lord said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. And that's why he talked about 
if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to you, word meaning to the Gentiles. And, and when you read in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, you want to understand that a little more. How he said, by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote before in a few words. And, and let, me, let me go on here. And, and he says in verse three, four, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And, and I, it's hard for us here in Ohio and 2021 to wrap our mind around it. But at this time, the Jews said things like, can any good come out of Nazareth? They didn't even, they were prejudiced against their own people, much less Gentiles. Gentiles were absolute dogs. They were not even worthy of any respect whatsoever. And Paul was willing to execute fellow Jews that he felt were violating or blaspheming the law. He stood there while they stoned Stephen. That's hardcore, folks. And it wasn't with a gun. He was willing to let them throw rocks and kill him. And watch. He was hardcore believer in Judaism. And God knocked him down. What does the Lord tell him to do? I want you to go and preach to whom? Why me, God? And he says, Old Testament prophets didn't know this. They didn't understand that God had this master plan that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the body and partakers of his promise. And, you know, it's like, I'm just living my life and I'm doing my own thing. Not according to the way God looks at it. God has a master plan for your life. And you can run from it and you can say, I'm not going to follow it and I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to do my own thing. And let me tell you what you will find yourself doing. Making a circle. Then you'll come back Bump your nose again. Why? Because the Lord has a master plan. And he's not going to force you, but you're going to find yourself repeatedly. You know what? I would rather just say, Lord, I want to humble myself and get in the zone. I want you to lead me and guide me. I want to follow you. Paul goes on. I'm a minister of the gift of the, notice what he says, the grace of God. The working of his power. I'm the least of all the saints. Ends this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What Paul was saying is that this is not about me. This is about him. And when you get in the zone, all of a sudden it's no longer about me. And the Lord mirrored this. The Lord 
exemplified this when he would say, whatever the Father says, I say, I do it. And yet, you can say, well, Pastor, I don't know that we all, you know, that's for preachers. That was for Paul. Paul was telling this to a church at Ephesus and saying, you realize that you need to get into this place. And, and it can't be about you. It's about him. And he is rich. He is able to handle any problem. And, and Paul was basically saying that this is the, was a mystery. That all of a sudden God was able to reveal the wisdom of God. That the Gentiles. And we know that. And, and I put here. And I, 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 I apologize brother Greg. Your mom can show you these verses. But. In Luke, the fourth chapter, Jesus talks about Naaman, who was a Gentile. Old Testament story that happened back in, in, in the Old Testament where he was a Gentile that the prophet was able to heal. And then the widow of Zarephath, where there, and Jesus said, weren't there many widows in, in Israel? And yet the Lord chose a widow from the city of of the Canaanites, basically, or Zarephath. And then the Roman centurion, that was his servant, was healed. And then the lady that came to Jesus and said, uh, Son of David, and tried to fake him out. And the Lord said, You know, you don't need to talk to me about Son of David. You know, you're a dog. And she goes, Yeah, that's right, Lord, but the dogs get the crumbs. He said, when I as a Gentile, when I as someone who's never seen Jesus, when I who have no business being able to be in the presence of God, and I find myself overwhelmed, and I find myself the pressure mounting, and I slip away in the first part of chapter of Ephesians he said he has made us sit together in heavenly places and we have a service like we had Sunday night I'm just basking in the presence of God yeah. you know what that's doing he said to the intent that now principalities and powers in heavenly places go you're letting Gentiles into the zone. Amen. That was reserved for one man. Adam and Eve blew it. And after that, just one man once a year could walk behind the veil into the Holy of Holies and feel the Shekinah. And you, grandson of an alcoholic who beat his wife, divorced his wife, 2021, get overwhelmed and you step into the zone. And the angels go, that's mind-boggling. That's what the church is all about. That's what the that's why you went to Calvary. Uh -huh. 
you shed your blood. We are teaching angels. And of course, the Lord had tried to, in the Old Testament, there was that moments. And, you know, it says, upholding all things with the word of his power. And he hath purged our sins. We don't live by by bread alone, but by every word. And, that, you know, we have the gospel. The gospel, I'm preaching to you the gospel, the, with you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Which things, what? The angels... It's mind-boggling to them that you're able to get into the presence of God. Feel the Word of God. Let that Word sink into my heart and mind, whether it's in prayer or whatever. I move into that place of all of a sudden I feel the peace of God. I feel the mercy of God. I feel the graciousness of God. That's why Paul, let, let, me, let me go on, I know my time. This third chapter, he said, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access with I know Star Wars says we go boldly where no man's gone before. But guess what? That's true for the church. I can be in a dungeon. I can be in a hospital room. I can be in a dark valley. I can be in a place of prayer and go boldly with access. Oh, and feel the Shekinah and the power of Almighty God. This is what the eternal purpose and plan was. And I realize, he says, by, we do it by faith. And I realize the word and hearing the word comes by faith. And faith comes by hearing the word and all. And there's a lot of verses that I put here. But let me, let me continue here with Ephesians. I, I know this is a lot to chew on. I, I'm sorry I've overwhelmed you. And, and, and Greg, I, it's so good to have you here. But I, I, what I'm trying to show you is Paul goes on here in verse 13 and he says wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory and I know people say I don't know if I could go through what Paul went through I don't know if I could go through what so and so went through I don't know if I could go through guess what you can't they can't either but if you will take what you're going through and decide, I'm going to get in the place. Then it becomes a testimony to everybody around it. And the angels go, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He said, Paul told him, he says, don't faint at what I'm going through. You don't realize this is pushing me into the zone. For this cause... I bow my knees under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, that he would let you feel what I'm feeling. I, that you be strengthened with might, his might of his spirit in the inner man. I want you to realize that you can feel what I'm feeling. You can feel the charge of God. In fact, that Christ may dwell, may live in your hearts by faith and being rooted and grounded in love that all of a sudden we may comprehend with all heights and, and with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge and that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, the Bible says in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. He wants that much of you, of God in us. You say, well, I can't do that. The moment, if you can remember the first night you first experienced giving the Holy Ghost, Guess what? The Lord has that kind of place for you anytime. That much joy, that much peace. Yeah. You walked out of there and you say, I don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've. Here is what he says. Let me read it to you in the Amplified in that verse where he says, May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May be, be rooted deep in love, found securely on love. That you may really come to know, practically experience for yourself the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge. I want to tell you, you can't intellectually get there. You can sit down and you can talk to somebody who's going through a valley, going through a dark place, and they say something like, you know what, but the Lord's been good. And you, it's like, they're nuts. You can't reason it. You can't logically get there. It's a place that comes from the Spirit. <laughs> he says, it surpasses knowledge without experience, for you may be filled through all your being under the, all the fullness of God. May have the richest measure of divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. How does he wrap this up? Now unto him, Do I think, should I pray for healing? Sure. Should I pray for, yeah. I know he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think. You know how it is? According to the, what's flowing through me. 
unto him be glory in the church. What are you saying? I, I, I feel all of this COVID, all the stuff that we've gone through this past year. You may be going through your own trials now. You're just saying, oh God, how am I going to get it? I don't know. I couldn't do it. I couldn't take it. I can't handle it. I can't. You can't. But if you will be willing to open yourself up to God, there is a zone that you can get in. Is he going to mess with your life? Yes. I'm sorry, but you can't do this once a week on Sunday and just call it the place. We have a great service on Sunday night. And that's wonderful. And if you were here and you felt the hair on the back of your neck stand up, you've got great blessing. That's wonderful. But let me just tell you, as we get nearer and nearer the coming of the Lord, you're going to get hit on Monday and you're going to get hit on Tuesday and you're going to get hit on Wednesday. And you've got to practice learning how to get back into that place. You say, well, I'm so busy. i got so much to do. I'm so encumbered about with everything. Yeah. But every once in a while, it's just good to sit at his feet. Say, Lord, I just need to get back in that zone. I need to feel your presence. Oh, hallelujah. I know. This is nothing new to all of you. You, you guys got it. Good to have all of you here. Let's stand. I, I, I am amazed at how, you know, you will read and, you know, you hear and people will talk about the pressure, stress, life. And we're feeling exponentially. And it's just... And if there was ever a time the church is going to be the oasis, you're going to be able to tell somebody, let me tell you, there's a place you can find. Great to go on vacation. Great to fish, throw a line out there and just get in the zone and, you know, watch your cork. But there's a place that's greater even than a fishing hole. Great to sit on a beach and watch the waves come in and chill. That's all good. But there's a zone that you can get spiritually. But all of a sudden, He begins to wash your mind and heart. He begins to wash you. Let's, let's just raise our hands. If you want to experience that, I'm here to tell you, you can find that tonight. Hallelujah. Let's just thank you.